I'd like to introduce myself. My name is Dina Luke. Um, I've been a parishioner here for about four years, together with my husband, David Luke, back there. We have six children. Um, they range in age from 18 all the way down to two. And today I've been asked to talk about my profession. And as you would guess, with six children, my profession is that of motherhood. It's interesting because I've never really wanted to be a mother in the first place, even when I was a little girl. And then into high school and college, I really never thought of it. I never even thought of being married. I think I was just so career-oriented. But then um, one day I met my husband, and we started dating. And, um, and then I woke up one morning, and I said to myself, I'd really like to have children with that guy. <laughs> So that was the beginning of my career, my vocation. Uh, we were married a year after college, and we quickly started our family. Um, within six years, we already had three children. And my idea of motherhood at that time was kind of narrow. What I thought was my responsibility was that I was supposed to keep them fed, I'm sorry, keep them fed, keep them clean, which I was able to do sometimes, most of the time and um, to educate them so that they wouldn't be ignorant. And then on the side, just off to the side, we'd have our obligatory Sunday Mass. You know, we would pray with them in the evenings before they went to bed. And um, we'd try to pray before meals and all. And then, but I think, I think the best thing that I did for them in those early years was to plop them down in front of the video of uh, VeggieTales. So basically, they were catechized by vegetables. <laughs> and then something happened to completely change my idea of motherhood. We, uh, my husband and I went on a Crucio retreat weekend. Um, my husband went to the Crucio men's retreat, and I went to the women's retreat. And I want to suggest here, strongly suggest that every single person here in the audience go to a Crucio themselves. Because what we learned there was just amazing. We learned and we realized that God loves us. And not just God loves you. You know, but God is crazy, crazy in love with us. And all he wants to do is be with us. And when you realize just how much God loves you and how unworthy you are of that love, it just makes you want to do anything, anything for God. Um, now, because of our Crucio experience, and now we're on fire with, with the love of God and also the love of His church, we decided to make a little change. And um, although this change seems to be kind of small when you look at it, it totally changed um, our lives and it changed our faith life. Um, what we did was we switched, we switched from contracepting to natural family planning. And um, we use that as our birth control. Now I know that probably a lot of you are thinking, okay, oh, natural family planning, she had three, now she has six. <laughs> and then, but my um, NFP friends out here, um, I think they realize, they're kind of chuckling to themselves, thinking natural family planning is birth control, it's so much more than birth control. So in 10 seconds, let me see if I can explain it. Um, natural family planning creates a love and admiration between the husband and wife. And, um, and because of that creation of love, you know, it, it, um, 
we become so grateful to God because we realize that that was his, his intent all along, you know, to have us experience this love between each other. And since um, he was the one to instruct us to use natural family planning, we realize this God is not a God of harsh or demanding rules. It's a God who wants the best for us, who wants us to experience life and experience it to the fullest. So because of this experience as well, so the seal and then switching to natural family planning, um, our whole lives changed. So now my role of mother changed to um, just keeping the kids fed, clean, and educated, to um, making sure they get to heaven. And um, so you probably want to want to find out how I sit about trying to do that. Well, the first thing we do is we infuse our days with prayer. Um, from the very start of the day, in the morning, when we were driving off to school, we'd start praying, and you'd be amazed at how many prayers you can get in in a five-minute drive from our home to school. And second, we prayed when we lost something at our house. And thank you, St. Anthony. Thank you, St. Jude, you know, when it was really desperate. And then we, we prayed together with the kids when they were getting ready for, uh, when they were about to take a test. And then we also prayed before they started studying for a test. Now this is a, a trick that I learned when I was in college and I only had an hour to study for an ex uh, final exam. I was like, God, oh, please tell me what's on the test. Please tell me what's on the test. And, uh, you know, he, God, God uh, works for procrastinators too. So, um, and then we prayed when we were afraid. You know, realizing that God is the creator of the universe and created everything in this world. There's really no reason to be afraid. And I'd like to uh, quote Junior Asparagus when he says, God is bigger than the boogeyman. He's bigger than Godzilla and the monsters on TV. And he's watching out for you and me. I love that Junior Asparagus. And, uh, when we were mad at each other, just like Sister Rosanna, when we were mad at each other, we prayed, for the desire to forgive one another, just for the desire to want to forgive sometimes. And then um, also when we're mad, we, we pray for the to see God's wisdom so that we could see things the way that God sees things, the situation, so that we don't just stick with our own self-interested ways. Um, and then we even use prayer as a sleep aid. When my kids came to me and they'd say, Mom, I can't fall asleep, say, Okay, just start praying the rosary. I guarantee you'll be asleep in five minutes. And uh, I know it sounds sacrilegious and everything, but what's, what's uh, better than falling asleep with thoughts of Jesus on your mind and uh, words of praise on your lips, you know? Um, and then another thing we did was we brought our kids to adoration. Um, my own conversion, I wasn't born, I, mean, I wasn't raised Catholic, so my own conversion came from being in front of the Blessed Sacrament very often. And also, my mother's conversion came from that too. Um, so it's not surprising when you're sitting there in front of the, the God of the universe, and He sees you and you see Him, you know, there's uh, just something amazing that, that can happen and that your faith can move mountains at that point. And lastly, we brought our kids often to confession. Um, back, back in the day, we were definitely, my husband and I were definitely 
twice-going confessionaries, twice a year, um, nothing more, <laughs> maybe sometimes less. Um, until I talked to my Aunt Christine, she's like a little nun, a, a, a little sister of the poor, and one day she said to me, Dina, you should be going to confession, bringing the kids to confession every three weeks. I said, every three weeks? Are you kidding? And she said, why? Why? You don't realize how many praises you get when you go to confession. And um, even though you can't see it, it's there. It's coming on you. And so I kind of looked it up. I kind of looked it up. And I uh, and then, yes, it's true. When you go to confession, one time in confession, you get more saving grace than uh, there is in the rite of exorcism. I started reading a little more. I started reading the books, of The Lives of the Saints, and I started reading the Bible a lot more. And so I was able to share what um, I had learned with my children. So, um, so let's see. Oh, okay, so my, my son had been very interested and loved to read the Harry Potter book series, as all children do. And at the same time, I started reading Padre Pio. So I take that Harry Potter book out of his head, and I replace it with my Padre Pio book. And I said, oh, you should read this. It's got demons in it. It's got, um, it's got mind reading, and it's got saint, I mean, it's got ghosts in it, and it's got something called bilocation. I bet you don't know what bilocation means, so you can figure that out in the book. And so to this day, my son's, uh, Hero is Padre Pio, and then for the children, I mean for the for the girls, we um, we introduce them to Joan of Arc. You know what a hero she is. You know voices in her head, leading the French army, burning at the stake. It's very exciting. Um, in terms of Bible stories, you know I have three little boys now, and they love you know love to hear exciting stories. And the other day I was reading uh, the Book of Daniel. And the book of Daniel has all these crazy stories. And so I started telling him, there was this hand. It just appeared out of nowhere. It's not attached to an arm, not attached to a body or anything. It just starts writing on the wall this mysterious message. And nobody can read it. Only Daniel can read it. So what did it say? What did it say? <laughs> so um, I had so much more to share now, you know. Um, well, then it's not, it's not enough just to to teach them by telling them to pray and telling them to read. Um, what we needed to do was to live out our faith and show them how to, uh, to, to share God's love with everybody else. Um, so with the children, we went out and we visited the elderly, visited the sick, and uh, we prayed for the unborn on street corners. And then, and then our eyes were open to the homeless. You know, we hadn't seen them before. For some reason, you know, they just weren't on our radar, but now we did, now we saw them. And uh, it was very edifying for me one day when my son came home. He was able to drive himself now. He came home on a very rainy, rainy day, and uh, as soon as he opened the door, he said, uh, he said, Mom, do you have an umbrella? And I said, yeah, okay, what do you need it for? He said, there's this homeless guy uh, standing out in the rain by the bridge, and I wanted to go back and give him his umbrella. So it's like, uh, my kids really make me proud. <laughs> um, anyway, um, I'm also fortunate uh, to be able to teach my children in a classroom setting. 
And I started, I, I, I taught my little preschooler, Joseph, when he was little, um, some catechism. And it was a little more than veggie tales this time. It was, um, it, we, we started talking about original sin, communion of the saints, and purgatory, all those good things. Um, and then this year, I'm really fortunate to be uh, able to teach my sixth grade, my sixth grader, um, class on logic and reasoning. And you know, when if you've had you've had a sixth grader, they start arguing with you, you know. And, and the reason why is because they don't want to just accept things anymore. Anymore, they're critically thinking, and they want to know why, and really want to know why. So this is a great opportunity to show them all the, uh, the the serious moral issues of our time, which are going to become their serious issues, uh, you know, soon enough. You know, like abortion and euthanasia, um, uh, the death penalty, you know, uh, same-sex unions, all of these things. They should be, you know, they should be able to see an argument and see if it's good, see if it's missing something, see if they should just throw it out. You know, you, you don't want them to just accept a nice and neat package that somebody packages up for them. And then I want to teach them that when you consult the catechism of the Catholic Church, you know, on, on moral issues and, and everything that, uh, that is pressing, to, you know, in society, that ten times out of ten, whenever we consulted it, our reaction would be, that's exactly, exactly what I was looking for. You know, that, is the truth, and that's the way that, uh, you know, now I understand it. Because when you go searching for the truth, and when you find it, you just know. You just know in your heart. And it's, uh, the church really has it. Um, and, and this last part I wanted to talk to you is about my teenager. You know, during, during the teenagers, from 13 all the way up to 18, this is a very critical time in these children's lives. And uh, let me give you an example to tell you what I'm, what I'm talking about. Um, I was walking in the mall one day, and I look up and I see a 13-foot-tall poster of a woman in her underwear, and she's pretending to take it off. And here's another example. When, I, uh, when my daughter was in second grade, she came home singing a song by Katy Perry. I don't know if any of you know who Katy Perry is. But Katy Perry is a, a female vocalist, she's a pop singer. And uh, Katy Perry, when my daughter was in second grade, sang a song called, I Kissed a Girl and I Liked It. And uh, I realized at that point that this is war. Somebody's trying to wage war against me and my children. You know, and... Um, and uh, you know... It's, it, at first you start thinking, it's just like guerrilla warfare. They're gonna hit me here, and here's another one, and here's another one. But then, you open your eyes, and you see, it's not like guerrilla warfare, it's like a full frontal assault on us and our, our, and our, our children. Um, so what's a parent to do? Well, the first thing that we thought we should do was to watch every single thing that our children were watching. And to listen to all the songs that they were listening to as well. Um, you know, so this is kind of like, this is what it was like in our house, or what it is like in our house on movie night. So we're watching, sitting together, 
And mom goes, hold on, wait, pause it, please pause it. Did you see what happened? You know, she said this and he said that and then they, and it took only two seconds and uh, you see what they're trying to tell you, what they're trying to feed you here? And they would inevitably go, mom, you're totally ruining this for us. And so mom would say, who's ruining this for you? Certainly not me. Right. Uh, so the, the, the goal is to make them aware of what they're seeing, of what they're ingesting. And, um, and to, and I think, uh, you know, we, our, our job is to help them refine their taste, to make it, to make it, to make them desire, you know, what is rewarding, what is beautiful, you know. Um, um, and then the second thing that we need to do as parents is to shore up our kids' defenses. We need to let them know that God loves us. And again, not just God loves you, but that God is desperately and anxiously in love with you. And you know, when the child, when a teenager has that kind of confidence, they're not going to be looking outside of themselves for affection. They're not going to be looking outside of themselves for affirmation. Um, but any parent here can re- will realize that, um, you know, 16 year olds, right after 16 years, they're not listening to you at all. You know, they got one foot out the door. So what do you do about that? Uh, well, you go, uh, what we did was we started farming our kids out. You know, just the same way that you farm out for football practice or a piano or dance or something. You know, we started bringing them to these programs, weekly programs, retreats, summer programs, where somebody else can tell them uh, what, uh, and reinforce the things that we have been telling them and um, just to, to list a, a couple of them, there's a boys' summer camp that we put our, our oldest in at St. Michael's Academy where they learned to play hard and to pray well. And then Boy Scouts um, teaches the boys leadership and perseverance and reverence. And the girls, uh, we put them through Opus Day programs where they learn leadership skills and where they learn to love the virtues. And then this summer, we'll be having Haley in a junior high and Dow program for schools, right? I mean, for girls, right here at St. Edward's, uh, where, where she'll be able to learn the dignity of being a girl and how, how much God loves her. Uh, my job as mother is far from over. I have many, many years ahead of me. But when I retire as a grandma, um, I'll still be working in my retirement. If all of you, as mother and father and grandma and grandpa, um, you're still very much needed because uh, we, our kids definitely need guides and they need military advisors. And um, you guys have the knowledge to impart that to them. Um, so if you don't know where to start, you can always start with Veggie Tales and then go off from there. <laughs> Thank you.